You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, I wish I could put an exact date on this, but I can be close. Uh, it was the beginning of the Obama administration, and the what would become the ACA had been proposed. Uh, we were all kind of excited then. We were excited from the beginning of uh, the beginning of Obama's uh, presidency, and finally we were going to do something about uh, health care. I knew there were people who disagreed with it. But until I was out on one of those charity walks you know, where you raise money, I was walking alongside a guy who was the parent of some of my students. I knew him. I did not know him well. And just as we're walking along with a lot of anger, he said, you know, this whole uh, Obamacare, I don't know that we use that word then, but this whole health care thing is a real problem. We've got to stand up and stop it. And I remember he was the first one who told me, if they're allowed to get away f- with this, they're going. the government is going to be able to mandate that we all eat broccoli. And he, he was not kidding around. And now the Supreme Court in its third decision has backed up the mandate for broccoli, I think, <laughs> right? You know, it's funny you say that because very early on, um, I had a similar kind of experience, really different setting, was um, working at the company. They were referring to it as Obamacare, which Obama had not accepted that yet. And um, so we we weren't calling it that. It wasn't generally what it was called. And I said... Uh, this is a non-political environment, so why don't we call it the ACA? Because we're all adults here, and we have it's the law. We have to deal with it. And I could tell they looked at me like, oh, no, not one of those. But it was the first time, because the most of the discussions we had had about it, John, were like, really? You know, where's the public uh, option? And this isn't anything more than kind of a boondoggle for insurance companies, right? So it didn't look like the kind of reform that most liberals wanted, except in a couple significant ways, which was covering pre-existing conditions, lifetime cap, and um, extending health insurance for kids up to the age 26. Those were three huge things that happened. But... um, a lot of the other stuff was a little bit in the details and didn't seem to be what I would have done if I had devised the system or what you would have done if you had devised the system. No, it didn't. And I mean, you're right in remembering we were not that thrilled about it at all. And we had reason not to be. It was essentially the Republican, the conservative plan. It was the the Heritage Foundation, I think, right there. Plan. Correct, correct. It, it was Mitt Romney's uh, plan for Massachusetts. Uh, so no, I was not that whipped up about it. And sorry to just keep remembering things, but as you mentioned, insurance brokers, I was teaching at the school. We had uh, one of those big meetings where the insurance brokers came in to explain our benefits to us, happened every every year. 
and the insurance brokers got up and said, well, your, uh, your benefits are worse this year because of Obamacare. And they're probably going to get worse uh, uh, after this as well. I, now, I like sat up and I was about to say something. Another teacher raised his hand and said, can be, you be specific? What has gotten worse because of Obamacare? And of course, the broker is just making this up. And the broker said, oh, I, you know, a lot of things. You're not going to really see them now, but you'll see them some other time. And then other teachers began to say, so there is nothing right now. No, what it was, was this Republican conservative, what do we call it, knee jerk. It just had gotten into this, their stomach that Obamacare, and you're right, at that time, that was a pejorative term. Right. It was not something, you know, now we kind of all, all embrace it, uh, but it was a pejorative, but it was the worst thing ever. And the Republican Party, this is not an exaggeration, made that priority number one. We must get rid of uh, Obamacare, as uh, Donald Trump would later say, it's a disaster. It's a catastrophe. We just we have to get rid of it. Uh, and that became their marching orders. And of course, they were forever just about to issue a new plan for something that was going to be even better. You're going to get better coverage and cheaper. And there was no plan because Obamacare, the ACA, that was their plan. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and it's interesting because I think what Obama saw, as much as we criticized him at the time, you know, he was an incrementalist. So I think what he believed, if I can get this passed, it'll get into the psyche of the American people. And that really has happened. It certainly has happened on the big three things that I mentioned, which is pre-existing conditions, lifetime caps and your kids being covered on your insurance up till 26. I, I can't imagine any politician having the courage to say, I don't think those three things are an important part of the protections. I guess those are really insurance issues. Those aren't healthcare issues. But the second thing that's happened is, and this I think really proved the, the insurance brokers who were terrified by the way, right? Because they thought, ultimately, if you go to a single payer system, what's our job? But what proved them wrong is that healthcare costs actually have come down, and in a lot of cases, flattened out. And because there were costs, um, not just cost saving, but uh, cost limiting factors in the law, meaning <clears throat> you could, they couldn't continue to do that inflationary spiral. Employees, I think, didn't recognize how much that changed because what would happen is your employer might come back to you and say insurance has to go up 15%. That meant what they were having you share went up 15%. So that's a big distinction. So their costs may have only gone up, I'm just going to make up a number, 5%. But I mean, I did this for 10 years, so I know. But we'd spend a lot of time, like how much does the employee pay? How much does the employer pay? How can we change the deductibles and move that over to employee cost and away from employer cost? But the overall cost of insurance, the, the plan to the employers oftentimes did not go up that much. And that was the result of some of the mechanisms in 
the um, ACA. You know, I actually have uh, more fond memories of the early days of Obamacare, but I, I, I'm going to get past that. <laughs> I know, it's, I, I'm really enjoying this, but go ahead. I, I really, okay, I got to tell one more. <laughs> this is true because it, it so fortifies what you're saying. We were in your kitchen. Uh, the ACA had not been implemented yet, but it was coming. Remember, there was a period of time there uh, before it, it all started. And uh, we were talking, you know, can it be defeated? Can it be this? But I remember you saying the, the features of the ACA are going to become so much a, a part of American life that it will never go away. And you were absolutely right uh, there. It's right now it's baked into us, even to the point that, uh, you know, Donald Trump, if you remember on some of the interviews, had to go through some of his, I was going to call him mental gymnastics, but he's not much of a mental gymnast. Uh, but but his <laughs> twists and turns, when he would be asked in an interview, you are supporting a lawsuit, the lawsuit that actually was finally settled by the Supreme Court yesterday, which would get rid of the protection of pre-existing conditions. How can you do it? And he'd get that amazed look on his face and you know the symmetrical hands going. He said, "No, no, no. We're going to cover pre-existing conditions, but we're going to do it better than <laughs> anybody else." And what the hell that man, God only only knows. I, I guess my real question, though, after looking back a lot, what comes next? Is this like done? Do you think the Democrats move forward? Do you think Joe Biden wants to do more things about health care? Sure, I think he does, but now is not the time. So I guess I looked at yesterday's decision. So if anyone didn't hear, the Supreme Court made the decision that this lawsuit out of Texas, which really would for all intents and purposes repeal the ACA, the court uh, determined that the state of Texas and the other attorneys general that had joined that case uh, did not have standing. It had not been harmed, had not been injured so that the case could go forward. So that's the end of that for now. I know people are discussing whether or not there'll be some other run at it. Um, I, I don't think that that movement has any energy left in it. We'll see um, whether states will continue to kind of eat away at the law. We don't know, but I think Biden in particular, having the energy right now for the fight for a public option. But like so many things in the United States, John, you'll probably have two categories of states, meaning the blue states having some form of a public option for their citizens and the red states not only not having a public option, but not even having the Medicaid option. So this, this huge divides we see in so many things in our public life um, will continue and be exacerbated in the healthcare sphere. So for example, in a state like I think North Carolina does not have the public option, not only doesn't have a public option, doesn't have, hasn't extended med the Medicaid portion, the law to its citizens, uh, less accessible healthcare than you do in say a state like Massachusetts, Massachusetts or New York. No, I think you're right. And I, you know, one of the incredible things to me, I think there are 12 states uh, that did not extend Medicaid. And if you remember back 
the Supreme Court in its earlier ruling upheld Obamacare, but uh, said that uh, the federal government could not compel the states to uh, extend Medicaid. You know, despite that, the federal government gave massive incentives. The, the government was going to cover the costs of this. There just was no downside for the states uh, in doing this, except that they were ideologically, no, we are not going to give uh, health care to poor people who don't deserve it. I, I mean, I know I'm snarky on that, but I think that's what it comes down to. It has always amazed me that governors and legislators are willing to allow people in their state not to have health care simply because of uh, simply because of that. And I think you're right. You know, that tells us that even if there was a public uh, option, states would find a way not to extend it. I mean, if, if it's a state run program, which Medicaid is, if the public option were run through Medicare, which is run through Social Security as a federal program, the federal government could manage that. And, you know, they've talked about different ways to do that one of which is just to lower the Medicare eligibility age. So maybe you could say, I'm just going to make this up, but at 60 years old, everybody is eligible for Medicare based on, um, you know, some kind of econ uh, financial factor, like you're, if you make less than $50,000 a year, something like that. Kind of like how CHIP is. Remember CHIP? Yep. Making sure all kids have health care, but that is based on um, what the what your parents make. So you there are ways to for the federal government to extend health care um, and pull it away from the states. I just I don't see that happening. So if Biden holds on to the House and to the Senate, the Democrats hold on to the House, House and the Senate, and Biden is reelected in 2024. You can imagine that coming up at that time. But right now, I mean, we can't even really guarantee that people are going to have the right to vote. No, we can't. And we can't get an infrastructure bill. So yeah. we certainly are not going to do that. All right. Very interesting. I, I have to make breakfast. I am having broccoli uh, for breakfast. <laughs> but I always love when you tell a story when I'm right about something. I'm yeah. Just... <laughs> it, actually, I can see that moment. Uh, uh, happening. I mean, I can like <laughs> visualize the whole thing. All right. We have a great right. day. Bye. You too. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.